Okay, cook. Underestimated and still I made it In the book of hard knocks, I'm highly educated Nobody told me, looked over, but still dedicated Played in the league for 13, I ain't gotta be favored Two Super Bowls, Honolulu, I stood with the greatest The thing is this, if never rich, I'm good with my neighbors DB Precision, television, ain't ask for no favors Numbers don't lie, neither do pictures, just look in the papers No backing down or turning back, part two of the movie Never the biggest, but it takes more than two just to move me Ain't gotta lie like what I'm saying, just respect it, it's honest Run through opponents, watch the film, it's effective, I promise Sit back and grab your popcorn, watch me go to work And tackle all of these topics right here on Face First uh. Yo, what up? Gosh, it is the Monday after draft day Or after draft weekend Welcome to Face First I hate the draft Period See, I know y'all thought we was gonna like build up to the point and stuff, and it was going to be like this huge climax. Ooh, Ryan talked about the draft. He loved it. Nope, hate it. It freaking stinks. Stupidest thing, stupidest thing football has ever made us buy into. I get it, right? It's the the, the festivities of it all, and it's, it is super amazing for the players, right? You get to, whether it's Trevor Lawrence and you're at home with your family and your new wife who has been a part of your life and you want to share it that way, I mean, that's awesome, right? To, to get that phone call in front. Well, I mean, I bring up somebody who didn't even really have to get the phone call, who was already installing the offense, but you get my point. Or to be Trey Lance and to be the third overall pick when we really didn't, well, at least we didn't know, and he seemed to not know that he was going to be the third overall pick. And you get an opportunity to, to walk out there and hold your jersey up and, I guess hugging Roger is a cool thing. I don't know. And and hug Roger Goodell and, you know, you get to talk to Susie Cobra and all this stuff. I, that has to be I, – I just couldn't imagine it. I, I couldn't imagine all of the work you've put in, some of those guys since they were four or five years old, and then you got middle school, high school, college ball, preparing for the draft, all of these things. And for the culmination of that to be someone to say, you are so worthy – you're my first pick. I mean, isn't that kind of what we all go through life wanting to do? Like, we want to be somebody's first pick, whether it's your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Hell, if you want your freaking kids to like you, you want somebody to like you a lot. You want somebody to say, you know what? Out of all the people that I like, I like you the most. And that's basically what being picked, you know, first by a team says, or hell, being picked at all. I wasn't picked at all. And it's like, I still don't know why we freaking watched that, you know? So I watched every single pick, and I was in different places watching picks. Like the first night, uh, I didn't get to work out because I worked all day. So I got in the sauna at my house because I like going to Hot Works now. I fought my family on going to Hot Works. My daughter, my daughters go, my wife goes, and they was like, go to Hot Works. And I was like, I don't really want these people talking to me on this stinking screen, and then I got to do what they say. Also, too, I can tell these people ain't sweating. It ain't hot working where they at. They some freaking models just sitting there in this cool room. And then you want to try to motivate me. Come on, you can do it. Shut the hell up. You ain't even sweating. I'm over here, eyes burning. I got the stinking oil that I put on my face so I don't age leaking into my eyes at five o'clock in the morning. And you just over there bone dry. Man, child, please. I know you're not. But anyway. So I didn't get to do that. 
So I um I hopped in the sauna, then I got out the sauna and I started riding my bike. So I did like eight and a half in front of the TV. Took a break, got some water, did six and a half, took a break, got some water, did four and a half. Then I took my iPad and kept it on the draft as I sat in the sauna again because I wanted to get hot again. And then I rode. And so I'm watching the draft the first round that way. So then the next night I went to eat. So I was at a Mexican restaurant eating. It was absolutely amazing. And then I watched on my phone in the car. And so the next day, I was at a volleyball tournament. So you're watching this draft in all these ways because ESPN allows you to watch in all these ways. And I'm just watching the whole time going, just make the pick. And then you can read the headlines or you can read, you know, all of the stuff on the screen. And it says picks in, but whoever it is who's picking from San Francisco or from wherever or whatever fan has to walk out or whatever person's on whatever team, they take five more minutes to walk out. I'm trying to see who's picked. So then I can hear Kuiper, Lou, Book, and Todd tell me why I should like these people and tell the fans why they should be excited. So basically what the NFL has tricked us into doing is it's recess. We've picked captains. And they're picking their teams. And then we watch it. And we're excited about it. And the best part about it is when you get to the fourth round and somebody picks a D tackle from South Dakota. And then they have the camera on the fans and the fans are like, yay. Right? And it was cool because at least they had on masks this time. So you couldn't truly see all of the confusion on their face, you just had to read their eyes that they didn't know who Gensu Yakamura was from the University of South Dakota State, fresh off a mountain of the Methodist Baptist Church of Greater New Orleans, West Bank. Because they don't know who these people are, right? But that's what it's for, right? It is to give people hope who have cheered for Jacksonville their whole lives that they might actually win a Super Bowl. So they watch the whole thing and they're there and they enjoy it and they give speeches. And as we give speeches, we bring up like DMC from Run DMC. And then Ronald Isley walked out there and he's super old. So he actually walks like a former football player, but he has this dope gray beard, but his hair is blacker than mine. Like that was the draft for me was just like watching other stuff. And then I start to think about like what it truly is, though. Right. This is. Even though we have free agency, this is truly the first event of the year. Right. So, you know, you get your free agents and you feel good about those people. And you're like, but when you get Trevor Lawrence, life has changed. When you get Zach Wilson, when you get Trey Lance, when you get Justin Fields, just like, oh, my gosh, it's different now. We now have a guy. And for five months, we won't know. So we get to have that belief if we love a team for five whole months. Oh, my gosh. We got so-and-so in the draft. We're going to be amazing. Is it how it works out? No, but gosh, don't it feel good to have that feeling? And so I was driving to work this morning because I have my own training facility, and I was going um, to train some of my guys. And, you know, the, the realization hit me there – 129 um, FBS teams, and then there are 125 FCS teams, 
right? So it is 254 teams. There are 259 picks, right? So Mr. Irrelevant is 259. So think about that. There's almost, there's actually more schools to pick one, right? Because you got D2, D3. There's actually more schools to pick from than there are picks in the draft. So think about that. They, they always talk about all these numbers of people that play football and they compare that to the amount of people drafted. That's why they're telling these kids, focus on other things, focus on your books, internships, do all these other things. Everybody have these dreams of playing in the NFL, but truly, it's not even a crapshoot. Like, you're more probable than not going to make it. Right? You're just not going to make it. And so... I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and I'm thinking to myself, gosh, this is so, it's so hard. And, you know, you text a few people throughout the draft. I, I have a son who's in college who I speak about a lot. And he's like, dad, so-and-so didn't get drafted or dad, so-and-so didn't get drafted. And, or, or, you know, pops, Elijah Molden went in the third round, you know, and we sat there and watched his tape play for play throughout the 2019 season and dude's amazing right or you look at Kerry Vincent from LSU Jacoby Stevens from LSU these are guys who played a ton of football won a national championship and they go in the seventh round you know and you look at all these other players and then you think to yourself oh my gosh Racy McMath who had much less to do with anything that happened at LSU than those two people gets drafted before him or before them that's not how you draw it up and so you start to think, it's like, okay, how are these teams built? And early on in the podcast, I made fun of fans not knowing who to cheer for on day three, right? Rounds four through seven and, and picking up these players and, and, and not knowing if, if that guy is going to be good or not knowing is he, if he's going to be a huge part of my team. And it kind of made me start thinking back through through my existence. I said I hated the draft when it began. I don't necessarily hate it. I, don't, I just don't care about it. Um, I have, obviously have to be a part of it for my team and for what I do for my job now. That's my team. So I, I have to be tuned in. And I love watching the film. Watching Kyle Pitts' film was exhilarating because it was just big play after big play. Watching J.C. Horn compete. You know, I'm on my computer every day and just like, oh my goodness, like these dudes can go. Trying to figure out, is Trevor Lawrence the next coming of Peyton Manning? And how does that, how does he transcend football, which so many people says his talent does, right? And how does a generational talent look in college compared to generational talents we've seen? Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. Tom Brady didn't look like Trevor Lawrence ever, ever, ever. Still doesn't. But he's the best to ever do it. So how... Do we watch the film and see that? How do we catch, how do we watch Zach Wilson's 2020 film and say, okay, how does this compare to 19? How does this compare to 18? And, the, and the, does that say he could be the savior of the Jets? If, if this, is this the Joe Namath they've been waiting for? And so I love like that part of it. But on, on my draft day in, in, in 2002, I was at Jordan's first birthday party. You know, I was, y'all all know what weenie, you know, what wiener water looked like. I was getting, you know, I had some tongs. I'm grabbing hot dogs out of weenie water, making hot dogs for little kids. 
I didn't watch the draft that day. One, because I knew I wasn't finna get drafted. Two, because I knew if something was going to happen, my agent was going to call me, and that was more important. Right? Because I was going to be a dad forever. Forever, that's my kid. I didn't know if I was going to play ball again. So I didn't watch it. Then the next day, I didn't watch it. Right? The next day, it's Sunday. My agent said, you got a chance of going in the late rounds. He told me he had fielded some calls, and then the draft's over. So I'm standing outside of my mother's house. At that time, the New Orleans Saints and the New York Giants were the only team to call my agent and tell me they had free agent spots open. By the time I get off my phone with my agent saying I'm going to go to New Orleans, that's pulled. I can't go there. So now it's just New York, which is a blessing because now I ain't got to think about it. I got to go to this one place, try to make it. If I don't make it, then that's life. That's my draft experience. So maybe if my draft experience is a different experience, I feel a different way about the draft. Maybe if my professional experience is a different experience, I feel a different way about the draft. Right? The one thing I said when I didn't get drafted was I want to play longer than everybody that played my position that was drafted. That was it. I wanted to be the last man standing. Hell, I didn't know if I was going to be the first man standing. I didn't know if I was going to get the first year done. But I did. Then I got the next year done. And then I got 13. And before I get to my 13, Ed Reed gets to 12 and he's done. I've known Ed since I was 15 years old. He was the number one safety in Louisiana, which he should have been. I was the number two. We're on the back of a bus on a two-lane official visit. And he goes, RC, I'm going to Miami. I say, I'm going to LSU. We knew then. Those were the conversations we had. Then the conversations we had while we were on the field whether it was at Hinesville or if it was in Baltimore. The time the whole world went crazy because my cousin is married to his cousin and they were up visiting me for the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game and Ed was taking too long, so I went to get him, but we had lost, so I shouldn't go. I don't care about all that. That was my experience. My experience was my name wasn't called, but I played longer than everybody else who played my position. That's dope. My, my experience also was Trev Falk was the best defensive player I played with in high school, and he doesn't get drafted. Dylan Moses was on the cover of ESP in the magazine, and this weekend he doesn't get drafted. Now, there are various reasons, and there are different reasons, but stuff like that makes me hate the draft. The fact that James Harrison is one of the greatest, has maybe the greatest defensive player in Super Bowl history. He was a defensive player of the year. If he doesn't have to get back surgery, I believe wins it again. Probably goes on to a Hall of Fame career, but still had a hell of a career. Isn't drafted. It's cut five or six times from, some, from, the, from the Pittsburgh Steelers who he ended up being a star for. Because I played on a defense that had Chris Hokey undrafted. William Gay, fifth round. Deshae Townsend, fourth round. Ike Taylor, fourth round. Aaron Smith, fourth round. Brett Kiesel, sixth round. And it was the best defense statistically in 25 years anchored by a free safety who, was only, who wasn't good enough to get drafted, who had one opportunity to make it in the league, and his signing bonus was like $680. It didn't sour me toward the draft. It just made me understand what it was. And that as long as I know what players go where, and I've studied those players, now I understand how they plug into each team. This is how we build. 
But what made me sit at my daughter's volleyball game with my phone open because it's important to me to see where those late dudes go. It's important to me to watch guys I train get picked up. So here's the crazy thing. I train people for the draft. Um, this offseason, I trained Kerry Vincent. I trained Eric Stokes. I trained Richard LeCount, uh, Devin Diablo, um, or Darius Washington, uh, Jamie and Sherwood. And so you're training all these guys, and many of them got drafted. The guy who got drafted first was Eric Stokes, first-round draft pick to the Green Bay Packers, played at the University of Georgia. Not going to say he wasn't the best corner on his team. He wasn't the most popular. He wasn't the guy that started. He wasn't considered the most talented. He wasn't considered the most successful. He wasn't considered the more highly ranked. Worked his butt off, though. Ran 4-2. Drilled his butt off. Told me the first day, coach, I learned visually. And then would apologize every time I had to do the drill myself or walk it through or demonstrate it because he felt bad I had to do that. I told him, no, 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 no. Don't feel bad. Because if you got a coach who can't understand how you learn, then your coach is stupid, not you. He works, he works, he works. There's, there's draft rankings from different things that come out. He's not in the top 10 of cornerbacks being talked about. First round, Aaron Rodgers is pissed off because you drafted a quarterback last year at Green Bay. And then in the second round, you draft a backed up running back Dream Green Bay. So surely Green Bay is going to do something to make Aaron Rodgers happy. Lies you tell, we're going to go draft a cornerback. And then we're going to draft one that people aren't talking about. But I'm here to tell you he should have been drafted that high. But then I do have guys like Ordarius Washington, who was highly successful at TCU. Kerry Vincent, uh, national champion, 10 flat in the 100. Right? Richard LeCount, five-star. Started as a, a red shirt freshman there at Georgia when Eric wasn't starting. Right? And so now you start to realize, hey, guys, like this thing isn't a science. Right? This thing truly is who likes who and why. Whose potential is greater than whose or whom's? I don't know. I don't know which one it is. It's one of them. And so that's what the draft is. Is that we get excited because of what we think we know. Teams get excited because of what they feel they know. Those are different things. To actually feel something enough because you've studied it and you've watched it your whole life in order to stand up on top of the table and say, this is our guy. That's important. To know that when he walks out on day one of the season, that that's my dude. I stood on the table for him. I believe on him, believe in him. I won't turn my back on him the first time adversity comes. That's why you get drafted. Now, for the other people, you got to work a little harder. Right? Guys who get drafted early, they have to convince people they can't play. And not just the people that draft them. Everybody. Right? You don't play very well there for two or three years, but you go first round. Somebody else will pick you up because we all think we can fix you. Right? It wasn't your fault you didn't play well. You just had a bum coach. So we're going to fix you. That's how they think. That's how they feel. You got to have that type of ego to be successful in the NFL. And so, like, you're watching this, and I'm like, holy cow, you know, guys from Georgia, you know, these guys. And then it pops up. 
Louisiana per capita, per, per population, is second in the NFL in players. Second, behind Georgia. And we'll accept that because we always beat Georgia in football if you're LSU. So I'm okay with that. I can live with that. You can keep sending guys to the league. We just keep beating your butt. You know, and I'm doing a, a podcast after the first round, and somebody makes a joke. Ha, ha, ha. Alabama had six guys. It's the most since UM and you whatever, whatever. I was like, I don't care because one of the guys that went very early from Alabama is from Louisiana. And then you got Jamar Chase. And then you got to think about Justin Jefferson last year, Terrace Marshall, Marshall in the second round. And you just start to see and you start to get excited about this pipeline that Louisiana now has to the NFL, no matter what school they go to. Right? No matter where it is. And like that's something, that's something to be proud of. That's something I'm excited about. Because it hasn't always been that way. And so for things to continue to grow, to continue to move in that way, like I'm ecstatic. It's going to make more people want to just stay home and go here. Right? Or make more people who are from here understand that if we come back and we feed into Louisiana, we can help these kids be something. And so then I get to the end of the, of, of the day, and I'm salty, right? I'm old, salty. I'm the old, salty, undrafted guy that actually trains guys to get drafted. It's, it's a strange life. And I think about the fans, right? One, I think about the fans that actually got to go to the draft this year because they didn't have it. And I would actually say this. If you've never been to a draft and you are truly a fan of football, you should try to go. You should try to see the excitement in people walking on the stage. Or the, the angst you feel as Roger Goodell walks out to announce your first pick. And think about those fans. I think about those fans from San Francisco who were waiting for the number three pick. That we had heard since they made the trade from where they were in the draft to number three, which they had to give up a king's ransom to do that they were going to draft Mac Jones. And the crazy thing about that was, right, I got all this LSU hates Alabama hate because I didn't think Mac Jones should be the third pick. And then I had, you know, the Dan Orlowski's and the David Pollock's and all these people trying to convince me that Mac Jones should be the third overall pick because he was really smart. I don't know when it turned into a spelling bee or mathletes or a debate right i don't care like you have to be smart but you got to be some other things to be three right and it's not just about how smart you are or talented you are it's about how smart and talented you are as compared to other people it's not about number three i gotta find my fit it's about i gotta find the fit right if my ceiling's here i want to hit my head on the ceiling like michael jordan said the the ceiling is the roof which I understood, and I can explain that to you at some point, because Mike was just so deep right there that y'all didn't want to accept it. And I took that personally. And so, Trey Lance walks out, or, or, or we start going through the process, and Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers figure out that Trey Lance is also brilliant. Trey Lance is also a leader. Trey Lance also processes. Trey Lance also retains and can regurgitate information. And so now 
we don't have to convince ourselves that Mac Jones is the number three pick because he's smart. Because Trey Lance can run the football. Trey Lance can throw the football. Trey Lance can adjust. Trey Lance can do all these things at the line of scrimmage, which we attributed to Mac Jones, but he's so much more talented. Now, this doesn't mean that Mac Jones is not going to go to New England and win Super Bowls. He probably will. He fits there. Things just fell right. But we watched the pre-draft process that said, Trevor Lawrence, I don't care if you burn both your feet off, you're going number one. Zach Wilson, your name has been associated with Rodgers and Mahomes. You're going number two. At number three, we want Mac Jones. We'll convince ourselves of it. And so we're convinced otherwise, which Trey Lance did. And then Justin Fields, who for all intents and purposes was probably the better college quarterback of the last four. We won't give him Trevor Lawrence, even though he beat him head to head. Even though Trevor Lawrence's last two times against other first-round draft picks, he was not even just outplayed. He, he was outshined in a way I've never seen number one overall draft picks be outshined by someone that plays their position, by Justin Fields, by Joe Burrow the year before. But those things happen. And so now Justin Fields falls, and Chicago gives away these things to get him because they needed him. And so at the end, it all fell right. And so now, from the end of April, beginning of May, to the beginning of September, we're going to talk about how all of these changes will make these teams better and where these people, where these men drafted in the first seven rounds or the seven rounds of the draft or not drafted will end up. And here's the truth. We have no freaking idea. We don't know. That's what one makes the draft great for fans and for other people and probably two what makes me not care about it that much because we're going to have to cut on the film we're going to have to watch people move around watch people hit watch people process watch people grow for a decade before we can be sure of where we think they might end up the draft is still the NFL's greatest trick they tricked me. They tricked you. They tricked you. And we're all going to watch it next year again. Some of us in hopes that our sorry team that's picking in, picking in the top five can be better. Right? Others with hopes that they can repeat. Only one team will be feeling that way. But somebody should be sitting around on day three, maybe not hoping they can get Tom Brady, because that's only happened once in a century. But hoping that James Harrison falls to you, that Aeneas Williams is there, and that maybe, just maybe, someone similar to Tom Brady ends up being on your team. Keep the hope. Keep the dreams. Still won't know who's drafted on day three, but cheer. Just because I don't like the draft doesn't mean you have to not like it. This is face, face first. I'll see you next week or the week after, depending on how I feel. But just know, I feel better now that the draft is over. Appreciate y'all.